step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. You already know what time it is. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't devour him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And a happy July 4th to you as well, ladies and gentlemen. We are live and live in color. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show, episode 275. I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us at Crave Wrestling, of course, and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. So a friend of mine is on the show tonight, former WWE referee, current Lucha Underground referee, one of the best referees that's ever laced up a pair of referee boots, and one of the ultimate zebra man of all time uh ladies and gentlemen we're going to do a q a session he's been on the show a couple times uh he's been a great contribution each time uh i guess you can say he's going to be a semi-regular uh he's got so much to share uh he's been refereeing for over 20 years and uh he's got a lot of stuff to share so today we're going to have an independence day style q a session with my boy, none other than the one, the only, Marty Elias. How are you tonight, sir? 
I'm doing great. How are you? That that introduction was phenomenal. I'm 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 humbled. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh, it's it's uh it's true, man. And I uh, appreciate you being on the show on uh July 4th live and uh we're going to have some fun. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward. You know, one of the things you know the you know that I will add to that introduction, which was awesome. Uh glow referee as well. How yes. about that? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and that's a and that's a smash hit on that Netflix and uh, debuted. What was it, June twenty third? I believe it was. And, yes, it uh, did. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Alex, formerly known as Alex Raleigh, Kevin Kylie, uh, Steel Horse, uh, 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 Karma, or whatever you want to call her, Awesome Kong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she she's a part of it as well. Uh, there's some really, really uh, big names. So uh, before we get into the Q&A, just let everybody know about uh, about Glow and just the awesome success that, uh, that it's having. And for those who don't know the old school Glow and just kind of like a, this, this being sort of a remake and uh, having kind of like that old school feel with the promotional material as well, let the listeners know, uh, go, go back some time and inform some people who may not know who what Glow is. Let them know. What's so gorgeous about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Well, first off, the ladies were gorgeous for, for the 80s at the time and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and GLOW, of course, the acronym is Gorgeous Ladies Wrestling. And it was something that David McClain had put together. And David McClain, for those of you wrestling fanatics, uh, David McClain is actually running the WOW promotion right now, uh, mm-hmm. Woman of Wrestling uh, with Jeannie Buss. But it was a, a creation of his and a friend of his, and they they wanted to do something different. And oddly enough, you know, they got Mondo Guerrero to to train the women uh, back in the '80s. And oddly enough, you 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 come what thirty something years later, mm-hmm. and Chavo Guerrero Jr. trains the gorgeous ladies of wrestling for the, this new Netflix project. And, and what what it was in the '80s, it, it was pretty much a cult following. It, it had some music to it, some rap styles. You know, it was 80s. It had big air, all the colors and, and everything else. And what it was, it, it was a release for for ladies to show empowerment because of the fact, you know, that everything in the 80s was all about power and colorful and all this other good stuff. So it, it pretty much gave women an opportunity to actually uh, grasp something and, and be empowered. And, and I feel that Glow Today uh, on Netflix uh, is doing the same thing. And it was great because the series on Netflix, you know, starring Allison Bree, Mark Marin, and, and Betty Gilpin, and a bunch of others, is is uh, very, very well written. It, it's written by uh, uh, Genji Kongen, who's the executive producer of uh, Orange is the New Black, Carly Mench, and Liz Flavin. And, uh, it's so cool because it, it, for everybody who's seen the series, it's 10 episodes and every character has a little bit of a backstory and a little bit of a story where everybody has a, a very big part into what glow is in the first 10 episodes. So it, it, it's so cool to see the empowerment and see the girl power and see, you know, that women are being recognized for what they are. I mean, true, true heroes in a sense. And, you know, to see it come back and to see it, so welcomed with open arms because I've, I've been told by a lot of folks, wrestling folks that 
in female or male that they they love the fact that it's being brought back because although it wasn't mainstream, it, it had such a cult following. So many people loved it and adored it that when it disappeared so abruptly, the, you know, that everybody was just kind of, oh my God, what happened to it? So now yeah. the people who were aware with it can see it again. And what's great is it's given a nod to the to the glow ladies of of yesterday. So folks can go back and check it out. Matter of fact, Netflix has a very cool documentary about Glow on Netflix now that's streaming that gives you a whole different story as far as what Glow was about, the girls and how they were there. It really gives you a good detailed view of it. And then you can go back and watch the new Glow and go like, oh man, you know, this is, this is cool. So everything kind of intertwines and it all makes sense. So, uh, but to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm honored and uh, I mean, yeah, I'm honored you know, to be a part of this and, and to see the success and to see how it's blown up. It's just mind-boggling to me, you know, because when I was there on set the whole time and training mm-hmm. with the girls with Chavo and and, and such, I mean, it, it was just amazing, you know, to see everything come together and to see it, what it is today. I mean, it's so mind-boggling, you know, that I even tell my wife, you know, God, pinch me, you know, because I've been a part of some cool stuff wrestling-wise, but, you know, to be a part of this whole TV show and Hollywood-type thing, I mean, it, it's so cool. Everybody's already asking for season two, and fingers crossed, you know, that it happens and uh, we get to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's a fa- fantastic synopsis. And for those uh, for those aware of people from the WWE, uh, one of the biggest names who came out of the Glow series in the in the mid to late eighties was, of course, uh, Ivory uh, Lisa Moretti. Yes. And um, and of course we know you know for those uh, who follow WWE uh, they know her as uh, as Ivory and Lisa was there in the mid '80s and uh, uh, just she that combined with a bunch of other uh, wrestling projects gave her uh, an opportunity uh, to to become a part of the WWE family so uh, and she won the yes. the women's championship so uh, it it has a, an amazing pedigree and uh, you know. Who knows? Maybe this time uh, there might be some more uh, prodigies that uh, come out of uh, out of Glow. So looking forward to uh, just for the rest of the series, and uh, it's 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 so far so good, and looking forward to it. So you ready for some Q and A? Sure, let's All rock right. it. Let's let's get some Q and A here. We go. Absolutely. Uh, let's start out with the first question. So uh, we're going to talk about some Raw and SmackDown with you and me and the, uh, my awesome co-host, uh, Evan, who will be coming online here soon. Uh, and we're going to talk about, you know, John Cena coming back uh, after, you know, a few months absence. He, he's been gone since the WrestleMania 33 in Orlando doing some extra work outside of the WWE. Of course, we, you know, we're, we're very, we're very uh, aware that this is the tail end of John Cena's career and uh, which it should be. He just turned 40 years old uh, this year. Uh, and, but, you know, he's been in the WWE for 15 years now. 
and uh, you've uh, had some interactions with John Cena in the three years you were there and uh, uh, were a part of uh, some some moments with Cena. Uh, what were your early thoughts of John Cena when refereeing his matches? Well, you know, l- let's take it a little back further. I mean, a, a further back. Uh, I was actually in UPW. I was uh-huh. I was the booker for UPW That's when right. John actually came in to wrestling uh, with, with the with the uh, Bell brothers. You know, Chris Bell, who mm-hmm. did Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and Mark Bell. Uh, powerlifter and such, and uh, you know, I was there with Cena back when he first started coming in and in the UPW, and was Joe really was getting looked too, right? at. Joe was there as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to book both those guys there. But John, even back then, you know, when he was still greener than green, mm-hmm. you you knew he had the it factor. I mean, he just had it. He had this aura. He had this charisma that a lot of people can't be taught and, and it can't be taught. You just either have it or you don't. And John at that time, he had it, he had it back then, you know, so you knew something was going to happen with this guy. He just didn't know what. So fast forward to WWE and such working with John, you know, the thing that I always loved about working with John at WWE, whether it was live events or we did some pay-per-views and such was the fact you know, that he was always on, uh, and what I mean by that is that he was always so passionate about the show, about his match, about details, uh, of, of just going out there and giving you everything that he had and, mm-hmm. and working hard. And if you were in the ring with him, he actually wanted you to, to, to be working just as hard as he did, whether it be a referee or an opponent. And he really is passionate about what he does. So what everybody sees as far as John and the hustle and loyalty and all that, I mean, the guy's a machine, no pun intended. The guy really lives, eats, sleeps, and breathes, you know, WWE. I mean, and and that's why Vince has called him the Babe Ruth of WWE because, you know, John is WWE. He is the face of WWE. And like you said, he's winding down his career and such. He's He's had a great career. And John, like I, like I said, John is very passionate about what he does, and he always wants to give you the best. Mm-hmm. You can tell that. Um, I, for many years, I was very anti-John Cena. I think it stemmed from 2002. I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan. I guess, I guess you can even say I'm a mark for Chris Jericho. And uh, 2002, you know, one of the biggest criticism I have for Jericho was fact that he would always just let people get over but something I didn't see it back in 2002 I guess 15 years later I, I've seen it, uh, just a career that he's had let's start uh, and talk about some backstage life uh, as a WWE talent uh, some of the crazy things backstage well I mean it, it, it wasn't too crazy in the sense that everybody was out of control, one of the major things that pops out when, when, when I hear or you ask, you know, what's one of the craziest experiences? One of the craziest experiences for me was being backstage when the whole Chris Benoit thing went down. Oh, yeah. You know, the oh, back yeah. the backstage area during that whole time frame was, was just very surreal. You know, for me personally, I mean, being there and being in that whole backstage thing, it, it, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. And then, you know, thinking back about it, you know, so many years later, 
going like, wow, you know, like that really happened because nobody at first could, could really believe it because we had uh, people looking for Chris. I mean, mm-hmm. no, nobody could get a hold of Chris. And when everybody found out, we all had a meeting uh, with Vince and Stephanie. They pulled everybody together, and that's when they made the announcement. And, and just the whole environment vibe, I mean, it, it was so surreal. Like, everybody was scratching their heads. And I remember people dispersing and, and going off and crying and just people just literally just being in shock and awe. And that's normally not what you get at WWE backstage. You know, normally yeah. the vibe is very upbeat, very intense, and, you know, the show's going – but when that all went down, I mean, for the next few days, even in San Antonio the next day, because what they did is they actually asked people, you know, to um, to volunteer, you know, because they were going to have a tribute show mm-hmm. the next day in San Antonio and such. And I remember I volunteered because I was supposed to be going home the next day, and I volunteered. And when we got to SmackDown to do that whole tribute show, a lot more information was out and stuff. And that's like, I want to say like during – the afternoon in San Antonio at the show is when they found out that it was Chris. It was a double suicide. It was a murder suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it it was just like everything just kind of stood still. We had another talent meeting and it was advised, you know, that, that we weren't going to do anything for Chris and, you know, per the investigation and, and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was just a whole different vibe. And, you know, I've been backstage at WWE so many times. And, but that one particular instance during that whole time was a whole different vibe and a very mm-hmm. odd experience. Uh, if you were there. Wow. That's, uh, thank you for sharing that. That was, that, that is very riveting stuff. And I'm sure that it was just such a, an eerie, uh, feeling uh, both before and especially after um, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, interviews from, from different people who are friends of, of, of uh, Chris Benoit and still to this day uh, people like Chris Jericho and Chavo Guerrero are just like man I still can't believe you know that that happened so uh, I got a couple more questions yeah. for you this time I've got to bring you back for part two this has been fantastic so far uh, so, what are, uh, were there any matches that you were supposed to referee, but the plans were changed? WrestleMania 2008, 24, WrestleMania 24 in Orlando. I originally had the Umaga versus uh, Batista match, the Raw versus SmackDown match. I mm. was originally scheduled for that, uh, but then um, due to circumstances out of my control, uh, AKA somebody going and requesting somebody different, uh, somebody else wanting to change something. They, uh, gave me the, uh, tag team match with, uh, Beth Phoenix and Molina. Snoop Dogg was involved with Santino and such. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting that match and I didn't get the, uh, Batista Umaga match, but for me, it was all, you know, is what it is. I mean, if people wanted to change things, you know, I was just lucky to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. If somebody else wanted a different referee, by all means, you know, it, it was something, you know, that I, you know, didn't pout or make a fuss about. For me, it was like, you can put me on any WrestleMania match. I don't care. It's WrestleMania. 
exactly. I'm going to be in WrestleMania regardless <laughs> yeah. of it's a tag team or whatever. It's a yeah. WrestleMania match. So I didn't care what match I got. And even to this day, I mean, if I was there at WWE and they said, hey, you had this match, you know you're going to have this match, I, I was still going to go out and work a WrestleMania match, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that to this day I still – Feel you know that if you're on a WrestleMania match, you know then, then that's an honor. You know that's something yeah. nobody gets to do. So if I had a particular match and then it got taken away, but I got another match, then I, I was still on WrestleMania. So it didn't change my perspective on, on anything else. I was still at WrestleMania. Yep. There you go. Absolutely, absolutely, fantastic. My last question, and I just want to real quick with that. It's funny because you kind of got politicked out of one match to 24, but the next year you, you refereed one, arguably the greatest match in WrestleMania history. So it all worked out for you. <laughs> so, all worked out for me, bro. All sure worked out. That's why, that's why I don't sweat the small stuff and mm-hmm. stuff happens for a reason and everything always comes full circle. So if you don't sit and pout about it and, and make it more than what it is, then ultimately, you know, things are going to shift in your favor and absolutely they did. So, you know, Hey, I, I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Cause there cannot be any picture of WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels and the undertaker without Marty Elias in the same room. So uh, <laughs> take that politics. Uh, so my last question uh, is, were there any <laughs> matches that you were supposed, uh, well, how are the matches written out backstage? Uh, on a board, I, you know, I've seen a lot of backstage documentaries and uh, I've worked with people who, you know, within indie wrestling. So, you know, some people put them on the paper, some people script them, some people put them in a big, you know, whiteboard. How are they written out uh, backstage in WWE? It's funny you say that because with WWE at TVs, whether it be pay-per-views or SmackDowns or Raws and everything, well, the referees were responsible for, for doing that. And, and backstage... Here's another thing that a lot of people don't get. Referees are responsible for a lot of that little stuff like that. Uh, as far as wrangling up the talent for rehearsals, you know, it's referee's responsibility to make sure that, you know, somebody, Joe, Joe Smith is, is ringside when, when Vince has his rehearsal or their rehearsal ready to go, because if they're not there, then it's the referee's job to go find this person, whether they're in catering or whether they're, you know, doing an interview or, or, or whatever, you know, so it's a referee's uh, duty uh, to make sure that talent is there. And we're wranglers. Uh, the other thing is with uh, making sure that locker rooms are picked up and cleaned up a- after the shows and such, you know, that, that's another thing. The other thing that referees are in charge of too, or, or put in charge of is, is that we uh, actually check people in uh, because mm. TVs and TVs and pay-per-views and such you always had to check in folks, you know, so if call time was 11 a.m. and somebody was showing up at 11.05 or 11.15, you needed to document that, and then you needed to turn it into uh, talent relations. Us as referees and such, and a lot of the boys, you know, said, you know, it it was stooge duty, and that's pretty much Mm -hmm. what it was. Dirty job, somebody's got to do it, and unfortunately, referees got stuck with it. Uh, More times than not, a lot of the boys would call me and say, hey, I'm stuck in traffic. Hey, uh, I'll be late. Just mark it down, you know, that I called at this time and such. So, you know, we would do that. 
or I would mm. do that personally. And then if somebody was late, I would say, hey, but they called me or they did. There were some times, you know, where I turned the other cheek, and if somebody was late, I, I didn't want to be that stooge and, you know, say, hey, such and such came in at this time because it wasn't right, you know. It wasn't yeah. right. So, And plus I didn't want want to see anybody get fined or anything like that because then th- that would come back on me. But I just didn't want to do that. But yeah. to, to your point, I took it upon myself to always write up all the, the, the run sheets. And like you said, it's a big whiteboard with a dry erase board. And what I would always do is, is I was always write them because at first it was Sarge who would do it. And then I took it over from Sarge. And it was funny because one day Ricky, Ricky Steamboat walks by and he goes, why don't we make this board interesting? It just seems like it's really boring because <laughs> it was always written in black. And I'm like, yeah, I said, you know, like, that's a, that's, yeah, that's cool. So it kind of inspired me to, to do something different. So what I would always do, writing them all out, whether what city we were in and stuff like that, what I would do is I would write down, let's say if it was Edge versus Cena, whatever, what I would do is I would write like Edge, the Rated R Superstar, and I would draw the, his logo and stuff. And I would draw nice. Cena's little, you can't see me stuff. So I made it interesting. And I would write and draw like their logos and stuff. And then after a while, you know, like the other referees, it became a competition where other guys started writing it whenever it was their duty to do it and everything. So we kind of had fun with it and we would write little, little notes to each other or write notes with the minutes and uh, uh, referees and things like that, you know, so it it, it became fun during live events. uh, The producer would write down the, the match orders or, or the matches, if it was six or seven, then with an intermission, then what I would do is I would take it upon myself and I would write them all out on a blank sheet of paper and I would write all the matches, referees, times, things of that nature. Then I would go up to the building administrator and I would find copies and then I would go around and I would tape them everywhere in the locker room at gorilla position and just have them everywhere so the boys would know you know, that, hey, these matches were, were here or, or you were mm-hmm. at one or you were four. So I, I did that. Matter of fact, I still have a bunch of those match lineups and things of that nature in storage, nice. you know, where I just, just from from doing it all the time, you know, like, you know, like I would be left with a couple copies and everything. So I would just put them in my bag, not even realizing, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, that I was keeping them unknowingly. So one day when I do write my book or whatever, you know, there's going to be a lot of these different lineup cards from these different cities and things of that nature with all these little notes and things where people can see and go, oh, man, you know, so that's what they did. So there you go. Wow. That is fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, as you know, I write uh, and I'm a journalist for uh, quite a few really known websites. And um, I'm a 3.8 uh, PhD student right now, so uh, uh, if you need a uh, co-writer, a forward guy, a something or other, you got your old friend Chris over here. Uh, I would love to chime in. Thank you. Yeah. Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, sounds, yeah, man. I, I think I think I mean interviewing you the first time really it, it really captivated me because you know I knew I always wanted to interview a referee uh because i because the referee just really is is really the the the, the 
sometimes the softest voice, but the loudest voice at the same time when it comes to just wrestling in general. And there's so many different things that a wrestler and an announcer can write about. That's the reason why Justin Roberts' book was so uh, popular, because there were so many good stories. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's yep. uh, bring in the co-host for tonight, which is, uh, of course, uh, my, gu- my my guy. Uh, without further ado, under Matt Radio's Evan Tech. Proud, how are you tonight, sir? Doing good. It's an honor awesome. to be on the show tonight. Absolutely. Hi, Evan. Hey, Marty, how you feeling, man? Doing great, man. Thank you. Good awesome. to be on the show with you, as always. Absolutely, it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. And unfortunately, another sharp turn on the show tonight. Uh, we want to send our prayers and condolences to Smith Hart, uh, the eldest uh, Hart brother. Uh, so sad. He was battling cancer for quite some time. I believe it was prostate cancer and uh, you know, 68, 68 years old, and um, died on my birthday, unfortunately. Um, oh, man. And, Sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. Uh, that was really yeah. tough news to hear on my birthday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, you know, 68 years old. Uh, of course, uh, uh, he wasn't very known uh, in the States as much as he was in Canada and Puerto Rico. Uh, of course, um uh, Stampede, you know, wrestling, he was he was the man in Stampede Wrestling. He was one of the, the biggest stars in Stampede. Of course, he was also uh, a big star in, in WWC, uh, the Cologne's promotion. I believe he even had a tag team championship run with uh, with Bret Hart. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, in Canada and Puerto Rico, you know, he, he really, really made a name for himself, of course. Um, uh, a couple of the biggest appearances that he had, the biggest moments he had in WWE, uh, of course, he helped. Um, he, he he was uh, one of the hearts that uh, trying to co- climb the cage uh, during the Brett Owen match at uh, the 1994 yeah. SummerSlam, which uh, which was was a very interesting match. Um, uh, of course, you had a uh, 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 Jim the Envo Nightheart sitting sitting down and uh, making his uh, presence known, and yeah, it was just a, a heart. Uh, war at that time, very, very one of the to me one of the best singles uh, of the nineties. Um, and then of course, uh, you know he he helped uh, Brett um, defeat uh, McMahon uh, at WrestleMania mm-hmm. twenty six. Uh, so yeah, it was you know Smith really made a name. I mean, of course he's a heart. <laughs> so uh, yeah. and and, and, and uh, interestingly enough, I worked with. Uh, with Smith, uh, I was um, a uh, I was a, a columnist at PW Mania when he was. So, um, so yeah, it was it was very interesting to to, to work with one of the hearts, um, and we were both uh, we were both go back and forth with uh, with columns together on the site, and uh, yeah, so it was it was a great opportunity, uh, and it was great great to work with them. Uh, so definitely my uh, my, my condolences. Uh, really goes to the the Hart family. It's just you know the Hart family's really been battling some tough things within the past few years, and uh, just my prayers goes with the family. Um, Marty, your thoughts on Smith? Yeah, uh, 
a, a great guy, very underrated. I mean, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to meet all the hearts. And, uh, you know, anytime we were up in Canada, up in heart country, so to speak, and, and all those guys were, were so cool, very down to earth, you know, very humble. You know, they, they always had great stories. And it's unfortunate, like you said, you know, the hearts have run into some tragedy and such. And, you know, my heart and thoughts and prayers go out to them, you know. But, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, their family's one of a kind. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's you – know, it, it, the hearts and the Guerreros, you know, they, they – uh, you know, have a long history in, in pro wrestling and, you know, God bless those guys, you know, but, you know, as, as life happens, you know, we, we, we start getting older, we start getting ill and things start happening. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, it's just, it's a part of life. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, life happens and, you know, it's sad to see. It really is. Yeah. Sure is. Absolutely. Evan. Yeah, this this tough. Um, I spoke to Smith Hart last year on their Facebook. And, uh, uh, most people don't know, you know, Father Son, very very with Bruce Hart. I talked to him about on his show and mm-hmm. Bob Johnson, Bruce Hart, and the Hart family. And uh, I'm at practice sometimes. Um, he's always good to me. So, um, yeah, this Smith is tough. I knew Smith was down with cancer. Um, we spoke a lot of times on Facebook. He, Really didn't do interviews much. Um, he said he could go up to doing interviews, he would let me know. But most of the conversations in his Facebook message, I still have him in, in my log and there's some of the business in Calgary and, and Canada. And, and surprisingly, he's a very nice guy. So just um, being Facebook friends with him, uh, he did post something, I believe, a month ago where he mentioned he was in hospice and. Yep. I mentioned his time here on Earth wasn't too long, and I, I think he saw some things like going about uh, mm-hmm. the lines of forgiving, and, and you know, you only live once, and you know, it meant a lot. And that's the first thing that I thought about when I got the news that he passed away. Um, was that that Facebook that he put up not long ago about mm-hmm. uh, you know forgiving one another, the power of forgiveness. So um, definitely tough. You know, he passed away on your birthday and. There's somebody else in the business. One of the boys you say this that passed away of, um, um, you know, it's not here anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So, so once again, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with the uh, with the Hart family, and uh, and uh, you know, tough to tough to hear, uh, but I'm, I'm uh, you know, prayerfully he's in a better place, and if he certainly is, he definitely is is cancer free there. So, uh, Gail Kim planning to retire this year. Um, early 40s uh, She's been at it for, for quite some time now Of course uh, She had a meteoric rise In the WWE uh, Before kind of it, it, She kind of peaked too soon Because uh, You know she wanted to leave Eventually because uh, Just after she peaked Very soon in her career uh, It just started to Spiral down a bit and uh, then, you know, she had a very favorable career uh, in Impact Wrestling. Now it's um, TNA, formerly, now Impact Wrestling. Um, Impact. Now, now <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> the extra, the extra addition as, addition as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just when she was with Impact, just a very favorable career, Hall of Famer. Um, and, and she really is one of the, 
she's one of the only uh, female wrestlers, you know, in the WWE who really uh, showed that she can become legendary without necessarily being in the WWE because she really made a she really had a fantastic career uh, in Impact Wrestling. I'm sorry, Evan, this time. Uh, she's been battling some back surge, some back problems. She recently had surgery. That's the reason why she hasn't been wrestling yeah. for a while. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that she's kind of banged up. And, uh, you know, her husband, Robert, uh, you, you know, he has his, his, his show, his talk yeah, show. And, you know, he's, yeah. yeah, so he's been doing... They've been doing, you know, they've been doing fantastic, you know, uh, over the years. So I don't think it's going to be any type of deficit financially. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're in, in, in good in good sta- status. Hopefully they are. I'm sure they are. Uh, so it doesn't look like it'll be a big loss uh, for her. And I think it's I think it's a good call because um, a lot of people, unfortunately, they do see themselves in some really big financial troubles and even though they're injured and know they can't really go they kind of have to go just because of uh, uh, the lack of benefits that come with the pro wrestling business you know so um you know so so kudos to her yeah um i feel the same way she uh, definitely wanted to see women who are not only women um one of the few uh, wrestlers that since Sadie became legendary without the help of Vince or WWE or the machine. And um, people don't really give her credit of her and Kong, also Kong of, I, I know everybody talk about the um, the Divas Revolution, it was what, a year ago, of four horse women and put women on the map again. People don't realize the year two before that, Impact was Lena Vinny, <laughs> women wrestling, it was Kong and Gail Kim and uh, that was sometimes the best matches of the night, and uh, you definitely got to give her credit. Um, she always mm-hmm. worked hard. Um, she always had a natural look, and she worked hard in the ring, so definitely give her. And she, she looks the same. She still looks good. She doesn't look like she aged. She looks exactly how she did when she started um, when she was in her prom, uh, uh, you know, going against Kong, and I mean, when I was in Impact Wrestling or Anthem Iowa or when we know this TNA or Global Force. So many different names. So, uh, yeah, I'm proud of her. Uh, she definitely deserves to be in all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Marty, uh, I think you, I know she left and she came back for a hiccup. I don't know if you were there to catch working with, with Gail Kim. Um, but, uh, yeah, let, let, yes. Yeah, so, oh, awesome. Yeah, okay. So let us know your yeah. experience working with Gail. Yeah, it was great. You know, uh, I was there when she made her return. And I know that she was nervous as can be, and she was really, really, you know, turning it on because, you know, she really wanted to make a major splash on her return with WWE. <clears throat> but one of the things, you know, that, that I'll always remember about Gail is, you know, that she had the gall to go out on her own terms via WWE, you know, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get to do, and then go back and have a very good career with Impact Wrestling. You know, so I will always remember Gail for for that. You know, she went out on her terms. You know, in, in that Divas Battle Royal yeah, Raw, where she just eliminated herself <laughs> and she was out. You know, I'll, I'll never forget that. And, and that's yeah. one, one, yeah. one of the qualities. You know, the, that's one of the qualities. You know, that, that that I really feel. You know, that she was separated from the women 
because she had the gall to do that and say, look, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to do things my way, not your way, which is always going, which yeah. is going against the grain. And for her to go back to Impact and, and have the career and have the matches that, that she's had, you know, it's it's very, very cool, you know, because a lot of people don't get to do that. And if she goes out and if she's had some back surgery, I get it. I'm sure she'll be okay, you know, because I know she can go out and do some appearances and things of that nature. And plus her husband right. seems like he's well-established. He needs to be a wrestler. He needs to be a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good for her. Good for her. And and here's the thing you know, that I see too much in wrestling. It's one of the things, you know, you know, that I feel, you know, that it's oh man, I never want to be that guy is that people stay too long. Very true. People stay too yeah. long. So Absolutely. if she's getting out, good for her. Yep. Overstay their walk or definitely don't want that. I was just talking about that with uh, Bill Eady. I mean, you know, 70 years old, just about, and you know, just retiring. And it just, man, for someone to have such a legendary, you know, name, and uh, it's just, man, it just, it's tough because there's only, like I've said this before, that, I mean, there's thousands of people who call themselves professional wrestlers. I mean, there's hundreds of independent promotions across the entire nation and a handful, you know, a few handfuls of people who are just trying to, you know, claw and scratch to make a dime on the weekends. And there's only a, like a really a top 1% of people who really can say, you know, that they, you know, can make a, a very sizable living off of being a professional wrestler. And uh, yeah. so, and, it, and it's really tough because you know you you have the people kind of in the middle of the pack who are popular names, but still don't have you know all of those zeros behind you know that one number that they still have right. to keep going and going and going and going and fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, man, it's just so tough because but that's the that's the business that they chose, you know, and, and uh, yeah. they're aware of. Amen. That. So, yeah. All right. So Cody Rhodes, uh, a young stallion uh, of a man that he is, uh, he receives uh, he receives black backlash uh, by because of his p- being picked to, to go against Okada. Now, so for those who uh, aren't necessarily aware, uh, most of the listeners uh, are aware of uh, wrestling outside the WWE. But of course, Cody Rhodes he got uh, released about uh, about fifty. Well, he kind of wanted to leave almost 15 months ago. And um, within that time, he's uh, been doing very well in the independent scene. Uh, he won a GFW Next Gen Championships, some independent championships. Um, he recently recently won the uh, Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship at Best in the World. He uh, also, he, he's made some, some, some headway in New Japan, uh, first competed uh, there uh, after announcing that he joined the Bullet Club uh, a few weeks before Russell Kingdom 11 on January the 4th, beat uh, Juice Robinson. Since then, he's been, uh, you know, he's been a, a big hand in the Bullet Club. Uh, like I said, he won the Aries World Championship and uh, New Japan, uh, a fantastic promotion. Um, yeah. Over the past few years, they've been really, really having some fantastic exposure in the States. Uh, had their first independent 
U.S. They usually come to the states to they partner with ROH or NWA. Um, a few years ago, it was NWA. The past few years, uh, currently, have been ROH. So, but this is this was a New Japan show. This was exclusively New Japan. And of course, they had ROH, you know, stars there. But this was a New Japan show. This is the first one ever. So they wanted a big American name. They they chose you know Cody to be the opposite of Kazuchika Okada uh, for the IWGP Championship, and so that wasn't very well received by a lot of uh, people online, according to the Wrestling Observer. Um, they didn't think he was a big name yet, and uh, he was big enough in Japan. So, Marty, what are your thoughts on that? As far as just uh, Cody's status. Uh, uh, in the in, in the pro wrestling field, uh, wh- wh- where do you think he is, and what do you think he can improve in, and what are some of his strengths? Uh, Cody works hard. You know that, that, that's one of the things you know that, that I liked about Cody. You know because I was there when Cody was first brought up. Matter of fact, his first live event show he ever worked with WWE. I refereed it, and he worked against Davari. And three minutes into the match, Davari called the back elbow, which Cody didn't hear. And then Cody ate ate, uh, elbow right between his eyes, which required like 42 stitches. So, uh, Welcome to the WWE. (laughs) Welcome to the WWE, kid. And uh, so, no, you know, I see Cody progressing. and, and, And it's always funny to hear guys, say, you know, that they didn't have the juice or the freedom or WWE was holding them down, things of that nature. And and I believe Cody has mentioned that and things of that nature. So, I mean, if, if you go away from WWE and you get to do these different things, and if you're not at WWE and you're not on that top spot and everything, you're not at that top spot for a reason. But if you get to go away and prove yourself and things of that nature, God bless you. But yeah. Here's my humble opinion. If you ever want to be recognized in this business or you want to be the top guy or you want to make a ton of money, then WWE is where you need to be. I I totally get the New Japan and all that, which is doing great. I love New Japan. I love Japanese wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor, what people are doing. Here's my take is that those places aren't WWE. And if you really want to be the guy, then WWE is the guy where you need to be the guy. So mm-hmm. there, yeah. there you go. That's that's Support my take. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Evan, uh, uh, just based on what Marty said as far as just being WWE, you have to be the guy. I, I can think of a few people now who are doing very well in the indies, but it's still kind of a missing link, you know, uh, especially people like the Young Bucks, you know, that's the first yeah. people I think about. Um, yeah. You know, and, and Will Osprey is another person I think about doing fantastic um, yeah. outside of the WWE, but it's just, there's just a, a, a level that they haven't necessarily reached yet. Do you think Cody then, can, can use uh, this time being in New Japan, being in Ring of Honor, to kind of increase his stock for a WWE return, and how's that? How does that look? Is he still 
kind of give him the same kind of excuses of why or reasons. I mean, you know, it's reasons to WWE. It's probably excuses to Cody, but WWE found some legitimacy in their reasoning. Uh, do you think that he can earn his stock to become finally a top player? Or if he came to the WWE, would it just kind of be the same type of position that he was in? It, um, I, I think it all, all depends. Cody, uh, sadly, and I, I'm sure Muddy agree, agree with me on this because I'm not, you know, me and you fellas know we're, we're media in the business. We're not one of the boys for all the wrestlers, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, this isn't the territory days. This isn't the 80s or even early to mid-90s where you had, you know, WCW or WWF or AWA or Texas. You don't have multiple places to go. The way if you didn't make it with that, you could go to Turner. If you didn't make it to Turner, you could go to Smoky Mountain. You could go right. to Texas. Von you could go be a yeah. big name to Von Eric's Prince or with the Blanchers or, yeah. you know. Uh, so now, like Molly said, WWE is a big cheese. That's where you go to get the multiple the worldwide exposure. I mean, hence James Ellsworth, who, as you know, I've, I've known the man personally. We, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. I've supported the guy personal uh, promotion here. I've been on the road with the guy. I've known him, all of that before the interview. And now everybody knows who he is. So like Marty said, that's where you go. Cody already was in WWE. He already had a stint there, as we know. So, of course, when you're in WWE for a good few years, people know of you. When you go back to the Indies, of course, your stock raises. Now that he's kind of being able to work with his own, and a lot of the guys, as you know, fellas, know that we've interviewed and talked to when he left WWE, the one thing that they've told us, and the one thing they've always said, is I finally can get the Russell the way I want to. I finally can get creative. I finally can be more creative and be who I want to be and not told told by the machine to be. And I think Cody, I I don't blame Cody. I watched the match against Okada. I mean, I don't see why people are going against Cody and over. It's a a New Japan show in the States. They needed a big enough name that would generate the American audience because, to say, a lot of the wrestling audience here in the States don't know who Okada is. They don't know who Tanahashi is. They don't know about New Japan. Some of the American fans are just WWE and that's it. Or some of them are just strictly to the States wrestling. So they don't know nothing about Okada or Tanahashi. They probably only heard of Okada because of Kenny Omega. So I agree with mm-hmm. Cody. And this, and this probably was a rub to kind of get Cody. It, it, it takes time. You know, give Cody a little bit the way he got the wrestle against Okada. You, you know, you see a few down the line with Omega. Give him a little bit. Maybe his stock can rise. Maybe he could be like a pseudo Brock where Brock was in WWE. He left. He was successful. Brock came back. You now he's the big monster. So maybe with Cody, if he's not able to get to that next level per se in the Indies, maybe another run in WWE, maybe they'll push him a little higher. So, like I said, we, uh, you know, we don't know. But um, the same thing with AJ. And just said before, I'm playing with AJ Styles. He gave lunch and everything together. I knew right before he did Russell Kingdom and we talked and I said, AJ, then that's not, you have to go to WWE now. There's nothing else for you to do. Like you said, it was just that missing link. You didn't done everything else. And now look where he's at. And that's the one thing he needed. He needed that extra push yep. to where he's a household name. And I think that's maybe what Cody needs. Maybe this needs yeah. a second orange. That's a great point with AJ Styles. I, I think 
with all the accomplishments that he has done, uh, all the you know he was the face of TNA for for so long. Uh, came in and won the IWGP Championship on his first match, I believe it was. <laughs> so uh, you know, so it, it was he he made an he made a name for himself. You know, he he really kind of gave the Bullet Club the kind of revamping that they needed. Uh, so I mean, but at the same time, there was still something missing. Uh, when he came to WWE, that was exactly what he needed for his career. So, absolutely great Real points. Real quick question I had maybe for Marty, you may know because he's kind of using WWE at the time. So I've noticed with a lot of wrestlers and even fans that uh, we talked to on our show, most people didn't know who Cody was and paid attention to Cody until Stardust. And once he became Stardust, and everybody it seems like everybody liked him, will kind of got attention. Is it true that Cody, did Cody like Stardust? Do you know, Marty? Was he a fan of the character, or was he just doing it because that's what the company wanted him to do, and he wanted to do his own things? Uh, I wasn't there when they gave him the gimmick, but I know that they tried everything in their power to get him over as far as being Cody Rhodes and, and things. You know, right. that's why they had him with Randy and they had him with DiBiase and, and uh-huh. th- that stuff, you know, like really trying to push him to the moon. And I know that they were doing everything they could to get him over. Unfortunately, sometimes guys just don't click with the audience. And sometimes, you know, they, they got to revamp or revise a gimmick and things of that nature. I I haven't heard anything negative as far as him liking or disliking it. But I know that when they gave it to him, it was kind of almost like a said, hey, you know, we we can't go anywhere else with you. So, uh, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, Another thing, you know, that I'd like to mention, too, is that people can say all they want about backlash or Cody. He didn't get the spot, things of that nature. That's, That's not for anyone to be judgmental about. And the reason I say that is because New Japan is a company as a whole made that decision to go with Cody. So if they're feeling comfortable with Cody, then God bless them. Then that's who they're going to go with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, something about him for, I mean, that says a lot. It really does. I mean, for New Japan to have their first ever independent show in the States and say, out of all the people who were former WWE talent, you know, we we got you know my dude uh, Dan Hink, uh, Hinkles. Uh, right. I, I conversed with him a lot with Five Star Wrestling. I mean, he wanted to, he he went straight for the gusto. He he wanted CM Punk. You know, so uh, <laughs> and he's yeah, still yeah, trying, he's yeah. still trying to get him. Yeah. So, uh, but but New Japan said, hey, listen, uh, we won't go that far because we probably know that that's uh, just <laughs> a worthless opportunity. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Cody Rhodes is is who we we're looking at and say, yeah, the, he's the guy. He he's the American representation that we he's a he's the American representative that we want to headline our show. So I mean, you really can't say much. Now. I mean, you know, you can't say Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega is a Canadian. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. he, he's he's the American guy that we want, and we're you know basically this. I would say, and I, I would, I believe, probably ninety-eight percent of people polled would say that New Japan is the second biggest promotion in the in the world, you know, behind WWE. So yeah. uh, it's that, that's a big deal. So you know, judge them or not, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that uh, 
he was pretty happy backlash for not receiving that check. So and uh, I thought the so, match was good. The match yeah. was good, and it was a yeah, yeah, it was certainly. a good match. So he's a solid player. I mean, he he you know I, I think I mean he he he's one of those people who can do who can turn around and, and whatever he was given he 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 made it good. I mean Stardust he made it charismatic. The dashing gimmick was was to me it was I, I thought it was trash in the beginning, but he made it great. To me, the best time of his career was the brown paper bag. Yeah, you know, paper bag. Uh, yeah, I love that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I thought that that was genius. I mean, that, that was, was a fantastic run by him, um, and just wearing the mask and that was just fantastic. Uh, so I mean, he 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 he, he had the app. He he got what he was what was given to him. He was able to excel with. And um, but like like you said, Marty, just there, there was just that, that it factor that ne- didn't necessarily click from the main event level, uh, but I think with mm-hmm. time it could have could have came. Uh, real quick, um, this is just a simple question. We'll start with Marty. A woman, the women's wrestling had a historic event. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon mentioned it last week. Uh, there are three you know biggest shows of the week, which is Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Um, all had women's main events. Uh, the gauntlet match, uh, the women's money in the bank match, and of course, Asuka and uh, Nikki Cross the, uh, and the uh, last man standing, last woman standing match. So, yeah, it was, you know, that was that was big, and, and it made me think. So, uh, Marty, you, you've had so much experience, you know, and you can see especially refereeing for the Glow Series, you can see just the, the amazing evolution of women's wrestling. How far out do you think a, a women's match would main event WrestleMania, if at all? I say within the next year, year or two. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, the way awesome. women's wrestling is evolving and the way a lot of these girls are working, I mean, it, it – it, it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time. And, you know, w- women women wrestlers have been working their tails off for years now, for years. And now with the way people are, are just built physically, you know, as far as workout diets, things of that nature, you know, there's uh, females a lot more athletic. And it goes back to one of those things that anything you can do, I can do too. And and I think it's gearing towards that where I wouldn't be surprised if you see women main eventing mainly within the next year or two, or if not within the next five years, because it's coming. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's coming. It's almost one of those things, you know, where we're at the point where when Barack Obama got elected president, we knew that we were going to have our first black president sooner than later. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like to give that analogy that we are going to have our first WrestleMania female match sooner than later. Who would be the match based on the people you see now? Oh God. It, 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 it depends on who's getting it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some international women involved with that, or it could be mm-hmm. Charlotte versus one of these international girls. Mm. You know, perhaps Oscar has her undefeated streak for the next year, and uh, maybe the streak is on the line at WrestleMania against like a Charlotte you, or a you, Sasha you, Banks or something. You you never know. Yeah, you never know. So, 
So yeah, yeah. you know, if, if anything, I I I want to say maybe Charlotte will be involved with it, or maybe mm-hmm. somebody coming in to the to the women's tournament will be involved. You never know. Very interesting. Evan, real quick, uh, what do you think? What do you think the timeline is for a women's WrestleMania match? I, I will I, I will say about five or six years. I, I don't believe it will be in the next two three years. Um, but, but the main thing is that WWE has to literally take the machine and stick it all the way up. Them, you know, for stick, stick them on that rocket. And push them to beyond, like they did Hogan, like they did Cena, like they doing Reigns, because we all know Mania is the big money draw. We've all been to Mania. Marty's worked to get number of them. That's the big cheese. That's where he puts all his stock in, and he has to get that to return. And anybody that's going to main event Mania has to be a big box office draw. And if you want to be a big box office draw, you got to be somebody that Vince has faith in, and the machine is helping carry him. And like he said, that Oscar and I and he took the words about Oscar and Charlotte. Charlotte already got the name recognition. She can wrestle. Um, you have Oscar, or it could be somebody new. But I just think if if they do a two to three year plan, we can map it out to where okay, this 2017. It's okay. We'll take Oscar. We're going to push her, and we set maybe by 2019, 2020, and nothing could work. It could work. But it has yeah. he has to take that rocket and he got he gotta have whoever it is, like they're doing rings or like you just seen it, anybody else. They're gonna be has to literally push them and they have to do it and, and I feel this is my business background, it has to be a two or three year plan. Because you wanna make sure she's on all of the appearances, all of the social medias, all of the yeah. meet and greets, all of the talk shows. So when you do find them on the marquee People and then also of course I've been used well within you know booked well within um you know the company. Then people definitely uh want to come on and see it. But I hope it happens. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. I definitely think it'll be a, a draw because people will want to see it. Even that's, see that's the thing about wrestling. The thing about sports period. Even the critics pay their money to see it. So. Uh, even mm-hmm. if you'll have a bunch of people saying, oh, I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to bomb, but they're paying and they're sitting right next to the person who wants it to work. So uh, that, that's not a different, that's, that's not a different uh, uh, admission <laughs> just because you're, you're criticizing doesn't mean it's going to change the price of the admission. You're still paying the same for the ticket of the person next to you. So hey. as a business, who cares? So, hey, who, so yeah. who, who, who would have thought all of WWE, all of their weekly programming in a whole week has been made of in it with women? And mm-hmm. by average, half of all, it's a 50-50 chance of all. And right now, Raw isn't the same main event. You got Enzo and Cass main event, and you can have Joe main event, and you got the women. So yeah, Strowman and uh, Apollo Crews. Strowman, yeah, right, was, the Apollo Crews, the Raising Nets. Yeah, the Raising Nets <laughs> and, and Strowman. So yeah. people complain about seeing the same main events. You give it to Vince, especially with Raw. Hey, you you watch Raw, you don't know who's going to main event. So, yeah. I mean, you don't give it to him. Absolutely. You might see my right, last quick. main event Raw. Yeah. You'd like to see that. You'd like to see my last main event Raw. That would be interesting. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, from the time constraints, uh, let's let's just real quick thoughts. Uh, let's start with Marty. Impact Wrestling acquires GFW. 
it just it seems like this was inevitable. I mean, this is basically just the official, you know, announcement. It, I interviewed Sanjay Dutt uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's, you know, part of the backstage, you know, committee within uh, GFW who came to be under the umbrella of an impact. Um, you know, and, and so when Jared came in, I'm sure that he wanted, you know, GFW to, to still be alive. And now you see it kind of uh, the GFW letters on top of the Impact logo now. Uh, and they're even thinking about uh, having it GFW, that, you know, for getting just doing away with TNA's done, doing away with Impact as a kind of an umbrella. And so, you know, the reports that GFW will be the umbrella and Impact will still be the weekly show. What are your thoughts on that? I think Jeff Jarrett's a smart guy. Mm. Um, you know, for him to constantly be in, in that loop and be involved with it and to see it where TNA is when they first started in 2002 up until today, I think Jeff has been very smart. I think Jeff has had a plan this whole time of, mm-hmm. of where he wanted to go and where he wanted to be. And I think this is just everything that Jeff Jarrett has dreamed about. I think we're all starting to see it un- unveiled or unfold. So, you know, like I give Jeff a lot of credit for sticking through with all his 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 dreams and his goals. Mm-hmm. Evan, your and, thoughts on uh, Jared? Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Jared, I'm going to show uh, the fact that he's talking about Slam University, you know. He's smart. I give him credit. I, I, I saw that he did throw a global force, and I know because of time straight, you know, some more background the global force and the TV deal he could have had, but it makes sense. He, he helped start TNA. Well, well, you got, he started another company that went okay. Go was up, go back home, go to company from within and take the company that you was working in and you just merge it. It makes sense. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. literally had a fan of my show comment on our page and say how Jared was with that and didn't make sense. And I broke it down and said, think about it, it's and I'm going to book it down to him and say, you know what? That's a good point. Say, Jared is a dumb guy. Pretty smart. You can't blame him. Just give it a yeah, hour, though. He's been, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't do that because he's, uh, he's Anthony yeah, is still his boss. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to see an owl no matter what. It's OWL for life. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, real quick, uh, Evan, we'll start with you. Just uh, a compilation of your. We're all in SmackDown Live uh, review of this week. Uh, all right, well, was okay. Uh, <laughs> the main event was hilarious. The reason that's really gone. Um, I, I didn't see the, the first hour. I, I wasn't sure if Joe was on roll or Brock was on roll or not, but I'm um, looking forward to our group of the fire. Um, SmackDown overall was mad. It was, it was okay. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was all right. You know, 205 Live. Needs help. Oh. So, see, it's 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 Independence Day. Well, it's it's actually technically July fifth now, but the beginning of the show it was Independence Day. I was, and, and you know we want to celebrate our freedom, you know. Um, uh, but here's the thing: two o five live, the cruiserweights had their freedom, you know, from the main roster essentially. But as soon as I hear two o five live. It automatically gets 
I can't. I can't do it. You know, just I tried. I'm, I'm cool with you know with Cedric Alexander. I've had him on my show. I've had Arya Davari on my show. I've talked to Noam Dar a few times. Uh, you know, decent guy. And uh, but uh, sadly, I just I, I can't. Just they they've not nothing to do with the talent. Nothing at all to do with the talent. But just the, the way that they're being booked is uh, terrible. Your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown? Marty Elias. I have to wholeheartedly admit that I didn't see any of the shows. Oh, that's that's totally fine. <laughs> you really didn't, uh, <laughs> really didn't miss too much. Um, the, the Enzo Amore uh, big cast thing was okay. Uh, there was, you know, there's there's still some still some work, still some work with. Uh, with with uh, Cass as a heel, it's really not clicking to me still. I'm, I told myself that I was open, going to be open to it, um, but just as the weeks progress, give me time. Uh, I'm I'm still not I'm still not buying it. But it just seems it just seems like it just seems like uh, at first, and it, and it's it's really interesting how this works because. You know, when you have a couple of tag team pairings, a lot of the times you think one person's going to be the one that soars, and they t- and they don't. The other person does. You know, when you had Miz and Morrison, I mean, it just really seemed like Morrison was going to be the guy. You know, like he was going to be the one who soars, and Miz was the one who ended up being the world champ. I mean, yeah, Morrison was ECW champ, but. The Miz definitely got the better end of the stick there. Um, right. You know, the, the, uh, Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase Jr. And DiBiase Jr. is a fantastic guy. Loves the Lord and uh, a great hand, great pedigree, um, solid wrestler. Um, really awesome dude. But uh, he didn't, and it seems like they were kind of veering off for him to be the spotlight guy. But Rhodes ended up being the one who was elevated more than him, and I see it now here, where it just seems like they really want Cass to be the person. They really want him to be the guy. Um, but uh, from from the we'll, – we'll get to the Great Balls of Fire predictions here at the end of the show, but it seems like uh, they're really doing a lot with, with Cass, they, they, uh, with Enzo. They might just be building him up to, to lose to Cass, but – doesn't really, really look too good. Um, the rest of Raw for me was okay. Uh, Apollo Crews got his main event spot on Raw. How about that? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a decent Raw. It wasn't really exciting. I I admittedly um, was watching this. I, I I spent time with my family watching fireworks last night, and I started watching Raw around eleven thirty p.m. Uh, and dozed off a few times, had to rewind it, <laughs> and uh, finished up about two thirty in the morning. Uh, and yeah, and and this time I had to, I was, and for SmackDown, I had to go in and out of SmackDown because I spent time with my family tonight too. But um, but yeah, SmackDown was okay. But I'll tell you what, uh, I'm glad that uh, Naomi just. Took uh, took Lana within seconds. I think that was great. Um, 
Rusev came back, and it's just, you know, and going back to Cena, it's amazing. You know, it's one of those things that the fans just like to put themselves over a lot of times nowadays. And he came in, whole John sucks thing, and he gets the booze. But, man, I mean, I got to give him major props. I mean, within just a snap of a finger, he was able to get 90% of the crowd on his favor. And Rusev comes out. They're doing the, you know, Bulgaria anti-America Rusev. Kind of pigeonholed him again. You know, it's just a kind of... It's kind of pigeonholing him. Yeah, I mean, it's just... At at first, it works a lot. It really put him over. But, I mean, the guy is just getting pigeonholed once again. I mean, and now they're doing some type of flag match. It seems like that's going to be for Battleground. I'm okay with Rusev feuding with Cena again because... I'm not. Rusev, because Rusev needs that main event style feud. I mean, it's just he needs it uh, because he hasn't been really been relevant for for quite some time. Uh, um, I disagree. But, I disagree I, on that one. I don't. I don't. Think it's too many. Reset has been down the road. He hit the single walls. We talk, and nothing against him, Marty. Nothing, but. He hit the, the single wall. He built him up with unstoppable. He hit the single wall, lost at minute 31. He hasn't been the same. Now Rusev comes back, and it's like, okay, if he had a flag match tonight on, on 4th of July, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But now it's too many other superstars on SmackDown that Rusev could have worked with to give him some new blood, oh, still put him over as a heel, and get him to stand. Because when he fights Cena, he's not going to win. We know it's going to be just like me in 31. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can agree. I can agree with that. And I, I totally agree with that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like they're, they, they have much Dr. Rusev anyways. So if he's going to come back and lose, I'd rather for him to come back and lose against the top guy. Because I think uh-huh. the bottom line, I think the bottom line is he's going to come back and lose. <laughs> he's going to put somebody over. I'd rather for him to be in a, a feud with, you know, the top guy of the business and put somebody over. So that's that's my philosophy. Yeah, I don't see them, Yeah, I don't see them working with Rusev as a top guy. He should be, but I don't see it. So you might as well begin a few with the top guy. I uh, see we got some callers. Uh let's take one call real quick. Just real quick let us know your name uh and uh, your thoughts real quick. Your name and your question. Thanks for calling in. My name is the Macho Man Randy Savage, and I have a question. I want to know if you could pass on a message to Hulk Hogan. I'm looking down. Okay, I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> That's all you get. <laughs> oh, God. He only gets too much. You only get so much. And if you don't Screener. have a question, you will get that guy was. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, get uh, to... Uh, the final part of the show uh, before the before the the predictions. Let's get to the flavor of the, flavor of the week. Will quick, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, and for the Macho Man, uh, 
terrible impersonator, you get uh, one of these. So uh, you can you can carry that on with you tonight. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's talk about uh, real quick. Uh, Flavor of the week, uh, we will get to the bash. This we're, we've been talking about one-off uh, pay-per-views, and we only have what literally three minutes to talk about it. Um, this is the last. This is the last of our series. We might we might prolong this for another few weeks. This has been going really well. Uh, we've been talking about one-off pay-per-views. Pay-per-views have only been and that'd be just literally one time <laughs> the entire series. We, we talked about capital punishment, and then we talked about this Tuesday in Texas. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about WWE The Bash. Of course, it was the Great American Bash, and then for one year in 2009, it was just simply called The Bash. Um, interestingly enough, Marty Elias was a referee at The Bash. Uh, so uh, real quick, uh, just as far as the... Uh, the lineup, uh, it was uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, uh, going against uh, Christian, Jack Swagger, Finley, and Henry of the Championship Scramble match for, uh, for the ECW Championship. Uh, Raymond Stewart defeating Chris Jericho in a title versus Max match uh, and winning the Intercontinental Championship. Fantastic match. Dolph Ziggler being the great Kali. How about that? Uh, Edge and Jericho defeating the Legacy and the Colognes uh, for the Unified Tag Team Championship, winning the championship. Uh, and then Edge got hurt uh, a little bit after that. Uh, Michelle McCool defeating Melina, uh, winning the Women's Championship. Uh, then uh, Hardy defeating CM Punk. Uh, for uh, It was a disqualification, but it's for the World Championship. Uh, John Cena defeating The Miz. And then Randy Orton defeating Triple H in the three stages of hell match. So real quick, uh, let's go to... Evan, just uh, your your really really quick thoughts on on the on the pay per view, and what would you grade it? Uh, I think about the same. It was an okay pay per view. Triple H and Orton does not not like that that good of chemistry. They're both are tremendous tremendous in the ring, and the three stages of how is is I don't know. Like I said the pay per view wasn't bad, and it's been tough all over every pay per view. Three stages of how I thought we would get to bring that concept back. Concept back is only also in material history, I believe. Both having Triple H in them, but um, Triple H and Orton just they don't have the best chemistry. And that match is just for this okay, but I thought it was average. Yeah. All right, Evan. Uh, uh, Marty, what are your thoughts? Uh, you ref the you ref the show and uh, gave us your thoughts on it. Uh, I remember the scramble match just being very, very. Uh, uh, the time got cut. You know, the, the, that's one of the things I remember. I remember we had something like maybe twenty-five minutes, and then by the time we got out there, I think we had maybe eleven. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it was very rushed, and it, it was one of those things again with pay-per-view, TV, things like that. You know, you're given a specific time, and then all of a sudden. You know, like, thank God you had guys like Finley and Dreamer and those guys in there who ring generals and Christian, you know, who could, you know, get us through this. But it, it, it was very, very rushed. Um, I think on a scale of one to ten, it was probably a four or five pay-per-view. It wasn't a pay-per-view that many folks cared about, you know, because it was just, you know, something that they took from WCW. And that was always surprising. You know that they took the WCW pay-per-views and 
made them their own, and that's why you know you don't see them today. Yeah, I just uh, I wish they would have just kept the Great American Bash. I mean, just calling yeah. it the Bash was just, just yeah. it just sounds and, uh, so knockoffy and, to me. And that's what reason in my heart. So I'm, I'm Baltimore. So about yeah. 90%, 85% of the bash is right here. That was at yeah. all of them. So yeah, that, a, this, the bash was a slap in the face. Slap, slap yeah. In the face. <laughs> and it'd be on, on the other side of the nation from Baltimore and Sacramento. So uh, that was another <laughs> another way to say, screw you, Baltimore. Uh, let's go on the other side of the country and name it the bash. Yeah. So. All right, let's get to the, uh, real quick, the Great Balls of Fire predictions. Uh, should be an interesting, should be an interesting pay-per-view. Uh, the, the, the name is terrible, but still can't get to it. All right, real quick, we really, we literally got a, a few minutes. Uh, let's start with uh, the Miz uh, against Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. Marty, who you have? I, I'd love to see the Miz. Absolutely. Evan, who you got? The Miz, the Miz, like the three dollars in front of me, this match. The team needs to end. I agree, it does. Miz, I got the Miz. 30 man Ironman match with the tag team championships. Uh, the Cesaro and Seamus retain Evan, or do the Hardy Boys once again become champions? Yes. Nah, uh, Cesaro and Seamus retain so they can get a blow off the SummerSlam. And he's trying to hit more broken at Hardy as we speak. Yeah, I got Seamus and Zorro as well. Uh, who do you have, uh, Marty? I, I'm right there with you guys. I, I think they're going to prolong the, the storyline and maybe give it some twists and turns. You know, but I'm right there with you guys, and, and I feel you know that that they will retain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty, who you got between Enzo and Kaz? Uh, if anything, they're probably going to go with Kaz. He's a big man. They probably want to book him as a big man, and they'll probably have him destroy Enzo. Yeah. Evan, real quick, your thoughts on Enzo and Cass? What you got? Uh, I got Lee Tick getting a snack, and this one, Lee Cass is going to win. Yeah, Cass for sure. Marty, Rollins and Wyatt. I would really love to see Wyatt go over and build, build something with those guys, you know, because both of them are good talents. And, you know, I, I'm a big Wyatt fan, and, and I would really like to see him have something of a good run with, with somebody, you know, that, that, that they can carry something out with. Yeah. Evan, real quick, we got Rollins, Wyatt. I'm with Wyatt. I'm with Marty. Yeah, Wyatt. I say Wyatt now. Uh, it's just it's in the feud. Uh, Marty, Alexa Bliss or Sasha Banks? Uh, I'll go with Sasha. Yeah. Interesting. Evan, Sasha Banks or Alexa yeah. Bliss? Sasha's been there before. Give it to Alexa so she can keep going to her up as mm-hmm. I see Alexa and Nia Jax being the big match. I don't know why. They're yes. two heels, but it seems like they're building a little better. So I'll go with Alexa. All right, real quick. Uh, let's go uh, the – well, real quick, just just, just your, your your guess on this one. Neville and Akira Tozawa, that's the Cruiserweight title match at the pre-show. Who you got, Marty? Uh, Neville. Yeah. Evan? Creepy as Neville. Yeah, Neville as well. Uh, let's go Lesnar and Joe for the Universal Championship. Marty? Joe. 
I, ah, I, I, I honestly feel that they're going to try and surprise people and probably give it a different twist. And I, I, I really feel the way they're building Joe is that, you know, he, he's going to go over on Brock somehow. Hmm. Interesting. Evan, the thoughts? Uh, I like Joe. I'm going to say no Mm, contest. I say Barack Lesnar. Yeah. All right, real quick, we've got about thirty seconds. Marty, Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman ambulance match? Uh, I want to say Braun Strowman. Mm. Evan. I will finish with you. You're off. Roman Reigns. Going to go against uh, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Yes, and I will be happy. All right, real quick, uh, Mario Elias, let the listeners know. There's about 20 seconds. Uh, let them know about Glow. Glow's amazing. Check it out on Netflix. It's streaming now, all 10 episodes. I happen to be in episode five. Debbie does something. And, uh, you know, thank you for all the continued support. Awesome. It's always a pleasure to have you. We got we to get part two in the QA as well. Uh, Evan under the mat radio 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Yes, yeah, I'm on Tuesdays. Yeah. I'm going to say today marks the 40th anniversary of Under the Mat Radio. So thank you all for the place. Thank you, Marty. Happy and I. And Chad is known. Thank you. And that's awesome. Happy anniversary. Ladies and gentlemen, and this is another show. 275 episodes in the books. God bless you all. Thank you to. To all those listening, have a good night. Happy Fourth. God bless. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.